We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. Free agency is about three to four days completed here um, as we record this on Thursday night and the Chicago Bears have made a few moves but nothing major just yet we're going to break down the moves that they've made plus some NFC North news that actually just broke before we started recording this before we get into that though let me bring in my co-host Aaron Lemming Aaron it's it's been a kind of a slow um, free agency period for the Bears the NFL has been you know Really fast, a lot of big moves, but here we are Thursday night recording it and uh, the Bears pretty much doing what uh, I think a lot of us expected, but maybe at a slower pace, I'll say that. Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously they came out of the, the gates with, you know, Larry Ogunjobi right out of the gate and then they give him 13 million or 13 and a half million dollars a year and you're like, all right, well, maybe they're going to, you know, actually spend you know, more and be more aggressive than, than we thought. And, you know, obviously since then they've made a few moves. I mean, really three out of their four guys that they've signed so far are going to start this year. I don't know if that's an indictment on the bears depth chart at this point. Cause if you look at it, it's uh, it's not very good. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Lucas Patrick will probably, you know, start somewhere uh, on the offensive line, whether that's right guard or center. And then obviously, you know, kind of the same thing with Nicholas Morrow, whether that's a middle linebacker or will, I don't, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to kind of see. I mean, so far we've seen, obviously, you know, the, the, the three moves that they've made so far, you're talking about guys in their twenties, which is obviously a good start. And then Equinemia St. Brown, the same thing. Although I, I know people are getting worked up because that's the only receiver move they've made so far, but let's be honest, if he's anything more than a three or a four or five going into the regular season, something happened, you know, like something that either things didn't go according to plan or Ryan Poles' plan wasn't very good to begin with, but yeah, man, it's been crazy. Like, it's been really, really crazy to sit here and and watch, especially like if you watch like the NFC, or sorry, the AFC West, for example. I mean, we're 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 just seeing basically the, these four teams just trading blows right now. I think that's probably been the most entertaining thing. Is it's like you know Russell Wilson goes to the the Broncos, and then all of a sudden, you know Khalil Mack is going to the Chargers, and then you know it's just move after move after move, and you know obviously we'll get into the other move that happened, but it's just. It, it's weird because for in a lot of ways, things feel decently slow, at least in my opinion. I mean, like everybody's kind of talking about right now how we're into the second wave. And at least in my opinion, I don't really know that that's the case because, I mean, you, you know, you kind of look at especially around the league right now. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is still a free agent, Austin Hooper, uh, Teron Armstead, Trent Brown, um, and as we're recording this, uh, Byron Pringle just signed with the Bears as well. That seemed like somewhat of a predictable move. Um, Breaking news, your, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's your there's your second receiver of the day, and then hopefully hopefully not the end. I mean, again, he's he's a good solid number four. You know, now you go out and you get a guy like Juju Smith Schuster. But either way, you know, I, I, there's there's a lot of names. I mean, if you look at the defensive side of things right now, I mean, the Bears should be able to get quite a few 
contributors at cheap prices, which I think is kind of what they're going to have to do in piecemeal this defense together. Yeah. And you know, let's, okay, let's start, let's start with the other breaking news before um, obviously, you know, as, as we were set here to record this um, green Bay trades, Devonte Adams, big move. They get a first round pick and a second round pick in this year's draft from Las Vegas. He reunites with Derek Carr. Um, you know, the move comes after the whole Aaron Rodgers big contract, what he's getting. And then, you know, Las Vegas agrees to pay um, Adams. I think it's 141 million. Um, correct me if I'm wrong to stay in Las Vegas, an extension there. So that's kind of the big news we we're talking about as we started recording it. Um, I was not aware of the Pringle stuff until you just mentioned, but yeah, that, that's kind of a move that kind of shakes up the NFC North landscape a little bit. I mean, I, I still think green Bay is the favorite going into the season, but you know, you trade away, in my opinion, probably the, the best wide receiver, if not, you know, the uh, top two, top three wide receiver. So we'll to see what Green Bay does in the draft. Now, now switching over to the Bears, you know, you're right. They go out and they get a three technique on Monday. They, they you know, maybe you overpaid a little bit for him. Uh, he had a career year last year at the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see if he can carry that into this year uh, with the Chicago Bears. And, you know, to me, it wasn't surprising that they went out and, and spent big money on, on the three technique. They've said this with defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, you know, Ryan Poles has also said it Matt Eberflus had a comment about it. The combine, the three technique is very important what they want to do in their defense. So now we just kind of have to wait and see um, essentially if it's the right move or not, then, you know, they're kind of quiet and they, they make a move for Nicholas Morrow. They make a move for um, Lucas Patrick, a former Packers offensive lineman. And then today they make a couple more moves signing, um, I'm going to butcher the name, um, St. Brown. I'll just say that. And then now, um, excuse me, Brian Pring Pringle. And for me, it's been slow, but looking at it, I don't think we really should have been that shocked. I mean, they're kind of just doing what they want to do and what they told us they were going to do. They're going to focus on speed. They're going to focus on athleticism to kind of fill their needs. The problem is it's just not big name players and they haven't really gone out and made that splash. Honestly, man, I don't know if they will go out and make that splash because there's not many options out there that are big splashes. Um, and the ones that are out there, you know, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster with the, the exemption of him are going to require a lot of money and, and a big deal. Well, and speaking of money, um, looks like the terms on that Byron Pringle deal is a one-year $6 million deal with $4 million guaranteed. So, <laughs> Oh man, if I had to guess, um, he is probably going to be expected to contribute in some way, shape or form, maybe not start, hopefully still like a receiver three or receiver four. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man, that's, um, uh, did we get the money on the St. Brown deal? No, we haven't that's seen it. I, dude, okay. I can't imagine. I mean, if you look at his numbers last year, he didn't even combine for 200 yards. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't. It's got to be would, less than what Pringle got, I'm guessing. I would imagine it's going to be a lot less. I yeah. would guess one and a half, two million dollars tops, but you know, and that's kind of the issue with these one-year deals, right, is that you can't really, unless you're going to do void years, which is probably not recommended in this type of situation, um, you know, you're basically just skimming right off the top of your cap, and there's really no man man manipulation that you can do. So, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see, because again, man, I mean, we, and we've talked about it, um, I, I, I thought the, the worst thing that they could do for themselves this offseason was go into free agency and nickel and dime, you know, two or three lower level free agents. And I know, you know, Byron Pringle is a guy that, you know, was probably a little bit familiar, had a little bit of a breakout year this year, but I mean, his career high in receiving was this last year, 42 catches, 568 yards and five touchdowns, um, you know, career. I mean, keep in mind, he's also 28. He'll be 29 mid seasons. And that's also kind of another thing to keep in mind, but career wise, I mean, he only has 898 total career yards. So I, again, I get, I, I get the approach and I have no issue with it, but at the same time, I'm really hoping that this doesn't preclude them from making, like, let's just say they can get Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year deal at $10 million. Maybe, you know, I think that makes sense. Even Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as we've seen with this receiver market, you know, if you can get him on a two-year, you know, $20 million deal or somewhere around there, maybe that makes sense as well with scheme familiarity. But I do think that the worst possible choice that they can make at this point is to basically sit on those two guys and go into the draft and draft one in the second round. Because again, you're trying to replace, you're, you're trying to replace 
not only are you trying to replace Allen Robinson at Allen Robinson's best, but you're also trying to say, okay, you know, like two top end receivers isn't going to get it done. We need, you know, three guys and then we need better depth. I mean, just look at what happened with the Cowboys. I mean, you got CJ or sorry, CD, CD lamb. And then you had Amari Cooper, you had Michael Gallup and you had Cedric Wilson, all that, you know, contributed a decent amount plus Dalton Schultz. And you look at a team like the bears and right now, again, none of this is finished. We'll have to see what happens, but you know, you've got basically Darnell Mooney as your one proven receiver, Byron Pringle, who had a career year with 568 yards and then a guy in Marquez, there is not Marquez, uh, EQ St. Brown. And, you know, he's had 200 yards receiving combined the last two years. So I, I still think there's a lot of work to be done there. And that's, that's going to be kind of the interesting part because again, yes, you want to build through the draft, but at the same time, you only have so many picks. I mean, they have two second round picks, a third round pick. They don't have a first round pick. They don't have a fourth round pick and they don't pick again until the fifth, you know, they have two fifth round picks. So if you can get two or three contributors or starters out of that draft that would be absolutely great but as we've seen in the past even when the bears have a full allotment of picks i mean just go back a few years ago um you know to 2018 when the, you know they got roquan smith and they got james daniels and then they thought that anthony miller was going to be a huge contributor and they traded up for him and they you know they made a few more moves and you look at a lot of their bigger contributors over the last few years and some of those have been mid-round picks so it's it's just going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see now it seems like things are kind of moving. Um, you know, again, I, I think you can kind of follow the money to see what the Bears are thinking. And and again, defensively, I think you just kind of have to piece things together. I think you just got to go one-year deals. And I think you got to go one-year deals all over this roster, one, to fill out the roster, but two, because, you know, you're kind of hoping maybe not to the level of like an Akeem Hicks, um, but you're kind of hoping to hit gold on some of these guys that are maybe 26, 27, 28 years old that you sign on a one-year deal and they, you know, they play well for you. And then all of a sudden they can be, you know, a two or three year contract after that. And they can be a piece for you down the road. And obviously that's the goal. And we'll have to see what happens. I mean, the Packers did that last year, um, you know, with Devondre Campbell, who, you know, really was, I mean, he signed pretty dang late. And then Razul Douglas, who was cut twice before he ended up signing with the Packers. So it can happen. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to find contributors in other ways than just the draft. And I think free agency is going to be one of those. You want to take some, you know, low risk gambles. But you also have to, you know, hope that you can come away with a few contributors down the line, even if they are on those one-year deals and get them extended after this season. So that'll be, at least to me, that's going to be the more interesting part of free agency because, I mean, right now, man, even even with these two moves that they've made today, uh, I think they're just up to 51 players on the roster. I mean, they've they've just now met the, you know, the 51, you know, the the, the top 51 where things won't start counting, you know, for the cap and in, in such a way. So it's going to be. I mean, they, they still got basically 39 spots to fill and only six draft picks right now. So they still got a lot of work ahead of them. Yeah. And, and you go back to kind of touch on the Pringle signing just a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at him, he, he's a guy over, you know, his career, 67 receptions, 898 yards, seven touchdowns. Majority of that was in 2021. You know, you look at those numbers, 42 receptions, 568 yards, and five touchdowns and yards per reception is 13.5. That's, that, that's nice. Um, I look at, you know, three-year career work to get off the practice squad. I don't think it's, you know, it's not by any means a signing where we're like, okay, we have our number one, number two wide receiver. We even have number three. I think the bears have a solid slot guy. And what I liked about Pringle when I was doing my free agent preview, you know, again, I'm not endorsing him as the next great thing. He did produce in an offense that did have a lot of weapons. Now, granted, he also had Patrick Mahomes, which makes it a lot easier. But I mean, you look at you look at Kansas City's offense, and you had a couple of receivers. You had you know Travis Kelsey, obviously a couple of running backs, and then you also had Patrick Mahomes. That's a bright spot. But I, I'm with you, man. Like going into this draft, wide receiver is still a need. And I, I think you know if you go out and you sign someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, that helps you. I still consider a need as well. I mean, we haven't got the same Brown contract details as you mentioned. He's not really guaranteed to make the roster either. I mean, they, they could be a surprise cut as well. I, I just, I don't know what they're going to do going into the draft. You know, they still have the needs wide receiver. They still, in my opinion, need two defensive backs. They need a safety. They probably need at least two more offensive linemen to kind of feel comfortable. And, you know, they need that wide receiver. So it, it's just, it's, um, it's interesting to see the approach I get the approach from the turn from the way of okay let's 
add speed, let's add athleticism. Let's kind of try to fill our needs here and there. But at the same time, like you said, it, it almost kind of feels like they're ignoring the bigger needs that they have. Like I, I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's a really good wide receiver. I've, I've seen tweets out there that, you know, he could be a number one. I don't think he's a number one wide receiver and that's nothing against him. He, he's a really good number two on a good team. Then you still need to go out and get that number one wide receiver to me, you know, getting a center, someone like JC Treader or Bradley Bozeman, and then kind of moving Lucas Patrick to guard is ideal you have Cody Whitehair, you'd have Patrick on the interior, you'd have a center, and then you could kind of figure out how Jenkins and Borum fit into your plans. But man, it just feels like, you know, they have needs and they're kind of going at a slower pace. Um, and honestly, you know, it's just, I guess it's just, it's really hard to kind of stay patient in a way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I get, again, they're playing the market. I don't know, man. I just, it, it, I, I won't lie. I mean, and again, there's still quite a bit of time left and there's still quite a bit of names. Um, I really hope they do more at receiver. I really hope they do more at receiver because right now, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, at Pringle at best is a low end three and maybe you get away with that, um, you know, and that's, you know, whatever. But I mean, again, like you just said, Darnell Mooney's not a number one receiver. I mean, people can talk about it however they want. They could say he broke a thousand yards. Darnell Mooney is not a number one receiver. He probably never will be. And that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with him playing the role that he, he is because he has a lot of value. But I think that at this point, again, you still need to, you still need to go out and sign another quality receiver, you know, a quality proven receiver. And I know that, that the receiving market isn't great right now, but you know, and I just kind of want to, just to kind of give you an idea on my view of this roster right now. Right. And, you know, I kind of put together a depth chart the other day, cause I was kind of interesting and I'm going to name you four players. Um, we'll go one by one here. I want to play a little game and I want to name these players. I'm going to name these players. And without looking at the roster, I want you to tell me what position that you think they play. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. Sorry. My uh, mouse got stuck here. No, you yes. Can... I, I am right. ready. Yep. Okay. So the first one is Willie Wright. Do you know what position he plays? Um, Willie Wright. He's it's, it's either offensive line or defensive line. Okay. He's a right guard. Okay. Okay. Yep. The next one is, and I'm probably going to butcher the spelling on this one, Azuye Alifoy. No idea. I already tell you, no idea. I, okay. I, well, he's I, a linebacker. Defen- yeah, he's a defensive tackle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the next one is Noah Dawkins. Oh, man. Um, I was going to say long snapper, but they just released a long snapper today, so that wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, he was actually going to be on my list. Noah Dawk, tight end? No, uh, Noah Dawkins is a linebacker. So I'm, I'm one for three here. Yeah. One for three. All right. The last one. And you may, just because he has kind of a, uh, unique, um, first name, you may recognize this name, Thakarius Keys. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's defensive back, right? Yeah. He's a corner. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that just kind of gives you an idea. I mean, you're looking at this and Bo Brinkley was going to be my other one, but Bo Brinkley got cut today because Patrick scales, Do you know um, what you know, I would have resigned never have guessed that yeah i didn't even know this on the roster to be honest i mean that just kind of gives you an idea though i mean just going through this right like again i mean we we obviously we do the podcast we do the writing um you know we we all put a lot of time into this team 
And the fact that there are names on this, on this list, this roster right now, this depth chart that, I mean, I was going through just trying to build out the depth chart. Cause I like to have kind of like a cap tracker on there. And the fact that I looked at these, these names, I'm like, who, like Bo Brinkley, I'm like, who the hell is Bo Brinkley? Like where, where, you know, and it's like, you start looking at some of these names and it's like, I have no position what they play. Normally, if I look at a depth chart or if I look at a roster without the depth chart, I can tell you what position they play. And I was doing this all on over the cap, trying to get all the cap numbers together. But again, that kind of gives you an idea of where the bears are at. Now, if you're, if you're in May and you have a few names like that from undrafted free agents, that's understandable. But the fact is, you know, we're in the middle of March here. The Bears are at 51 guys on the roster, and there's four or five names on the roster that a lot of knowledgeable Bears fans probably have no clue who they are. So that kind of gives you an idea where they are. And again, this is not to, this is not to complain, but what, what it is is to say that while this may not be a full-on rebuild, it, it also shows the amount of work that Ryan Poles has ahead of him. And a lot of this he created for himself. And again, I'm not knocking it because he obviously needed to do it. I mean, we, we talked and, and complained all last year about the, the bears having the second oldest roster and the fact that they weren't that good of a team. And they were basically aiming for 500 or close to it to try to get into the playoffs and get blown out, you know, on the, in the playoffs again, like I have no issues with what they're doing, but what this does show is that the Bears have, a, not only do they have a lot of work to do, but they have a lot of, you know, NFL caliber names to add to the roster to even not only just the starting positions, I know everybody's focused on starting positions, but to even fill out the rest of the roster and have some quality depth, because as we've seen, injuries are going to happen. I know Ryan Poles has been big on, you know, the athletic training staff and in the sports science aspect. And I think that's great because I think that definitely needed to be looked at. And I'm glad that they did that, but there's still going to be injuries because it's the most physical sport out there. So, you know, it, it just kind of goes to show again, you know, it's not knocking it. It's not, you know, complaining because we're still very early in the process, but it does go to show you just how far this roster has to go. And again, this isn't even with trying to compete for anything in 2022 in mind. This is just simply saying fielding a roster that doesn't, um, you know, that doesn't look like a bottom five team that's going to have a top five pick um, at the end of this next year. Well, that's kind of, you know, in my eyes, looking back at last year and the decision to keep Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, it just kind of felt like, okay, you know, maybe you don't end up with Justin Fields if they do move on from them. But, you know, maybe w- what happens if they rebuild and they fire him after that Saints loss? You know, what, what happens then? Maybe, you know, they do um, end up with a quarterback or, or something like that. But it's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't feel like a full rebuild yet. I know we're kind of moving at a snail's pace. And I know essentially it hasn't been the big splash moves like we've talked about that we've wanted. I just, I feel like we're sitting here kind of in the middle of, um, you know, in the middle, in the middle of a meter, which way is it leaning? Is it leaning towards more of a rebuild? Is it leaning more towards the kind of rebuild on the fly and try to be competitive? They said that they think that they could be competitive this year and it won't be a full all out rebuild, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think he said this, it kind of feels like almost it's a rebuild and they know that they're not going to compete in 2022, whether that's the moves now, um, whether it's, you know, trading Cleo Mack, I, I don't want to include releasing, you know, Eddie Goldman or Danny Shervathan or Tariq Cohen, because I, I think those moves were coming anyway. I, 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 I don't know. I, I know the NFL is, is a league where you can go worst to first quick. I don't think this team is, is ready to be a contender in 2022. And at the same time, you know, pending what they do in the draft, it doesn't feel like these free agent moves are, you know, moving the needle towards a positive way for, for 2023. It just kind of feels like, eh, like they're still, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Like I, like I said, it's just, it feels like they're in just the middle of a meter and which way is it leaning? It's just kind of, eh, okay. We're just kind of going at this pace. I mean, do you kind of get that as well? Or am I, am I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just speaking kind of crazy here, but I don't know. Do you kind of feel that as well? Like, do you feel I, like it's teetering one way or the other? No, I, I don't, I don't feel like there's so far. I don't feel like there's any direction at all, because I think if you look at it from, you know, simply a move standpoint, they've, they've, you know, they've signed three, um, you know, 
basically multi-year deals right now. Larry Ogunjobi, we know the money on that. We just don't know how the contract's going to lay out. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, with Lucas Patrick, it's a two-year deal. And then the same thing, uh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess this, the, who's the other two-year contract I was just thinking of? Maybe, maybe I'm now I'm getting my wires crossed up. Maybe that was it. Maybe there's only uh, the was, two. Yeah, it was, uh, was Patrick a multi-year? Yeah, well, it's Patrick and, and, and Patrick um, and Ogan Joby. Um, yeah, because Morrow was a one-year. Yeah, yeah Morrow's a one-year deal. I think that, yeah, that might have actually been it. So, I mean, yeah, it kind of gives you an idea. And, and again, I understand. Like, I understand that you're wanting to throw a bunch of one-year deals out there. My concern is, again, you you know, obviously, yes, they're going to have a lot of cap space next year. And, yes, they're going to have their full allotment of draft picks. And maybe, well, I guess, they'll, yeah, they, they will have their full allotment of draft picks because – they got their six round pick that they traded for uh, Jakeem Grant back, um, you know, for next year's draft with the Cleo Mack deal. Um, so I understand all that, but it's like when you're looking at this year, they only have six picks and they don't have a first round pick or a fourth round pick. And it's obviously it's, it's good that they have two second round picks, but again, you know, I don't mind them being bad, but what I do mind is them piecing together again, a Texans like team and marching a second-year quarterback out there that needs all the help that he can get. And I understand that they're not in the same position as the Jaguars, and I'm also not saying that they should have done what the Jaguars did because the Jaguars handed out some of the craziest contracts I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that, uh, that dude, was a that, hell of a Monday sequence there. <laughs> dude, the, I mean, Christian Kirk, like that was like getting $18 million a year for a guy that's oh, never man. had over 1,000 yards receiving in one year, right? And then if that wasn't bad enough, they hand Zay Jones eight and a half million dollars a year. It's like, what, what is going on? I don't, I mean, and again, I mean, even if, if you look at what they did, I mean, they went out and they paid basically a one-year wonder at linebacker, $15 million a year and cut miles Jack. I mean, so again, I'm not saying that you want to follow that exact blueprint, but what I am saying is that, you know, the Jaguars have at least come out swinging. Obviously they've made some, at least in my opinion, made some really bad choices, but they've come out swinging, and if you look, I mean, they've added multiple offensive linemen. They've added multiple receivers, uh, you know, and they have obviously, you know, high standing in the draft as well. And the Bears can't be in that same position, but at the same time, I don't know that Byron Pringle and Equiminius St. Brown, um, you know, and Lucas Patrick. That's not scaring sudden... defenses. It's not scaring defenses. No, it's not going to say, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, really outside of maybe like one or two teams in the NFL right now, like the bears have one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. I mean, really the only one that you could definitively say is worse right now um, would probably be, at least in my opinion, would be Atlanta. I mean, obviously Ridley is going to be suspended for a year and, you know, they, they don't have, they literally have nothing else. I mean, they let Russell Gage, go to Tampa Bay for, you know, a three-year, uh, $30 million deal, which that was actually a little surprising. Not, not that he got a ton more than I was expecting, but one, I didn't expect him to sign in Tampa Bay. And then two, $10 million a year for a guy that has the ceiling to be probably a quality, I would say a quality number two, um, you know, but really, I mean, he's produced more like a three. I mean, he, again, he, another guy that hasn't broke a thousand yards. So, but outside of that, I mean, it's like you look at it even within their uh, own division. Indianapolis, maybe. Yeah, Indianapolis I, I like is up there too. Though. Yeah, but, I, but well, I, 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 let's put it this way: I think I would probably take Darnell Mooney over Pittman right now. Yeah, but it's it's definitely close, right? And what then, about uh, Cleveland? Yeah, well, Cleveland's got Amari Cooper. They oh got yes, Amari I'm Cooper sorry. And, yeah, I, yes, yeah. I, yes, I, I, yeah, I totally forgot. See, dude, there's been so much news. Yeah, I'm just like. Exactly. That, yeah. like, I told you a couple of weeks ago on the, on the podcast, man, it's like the news of free agency and then MLB is doing free agency and like mixed with March madness. My brain is just literally, a, and then try having a six month old kid that doesn't sleep. It's like, my brain is a blunder. So I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, dude. Uh, you know, really, I mean, just even if you look within the bears own division right now, like everybody wants to knock, the D Detroit lions right now, but it's like, dude, look at the Detroit lions offense, you know, outside of quarterback, which, I mean, if we're being completely honest, and again, I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good quarterback, but as of right now, if you're evaluating this right now, Jared Goss, a bad quarterback, but again, Justin Fields hasn't proven anything, but you start looking, dude, look at the, compare the two offensive lines right now, compare the, the Detroit lions offensive line to the bears offensive line right now. It's not even close dude. like the lions have one of the more underrated and probably one of the better overall offensive lines in all of football right now. And that's one, because they put a lot 
of focus into the, you know, the, basically the, the trenches last year on both sides of the ball. And then you start branching out and you look at the running back situation. And again, the bears have a good running back situation, but Deandre Swift's also a really good running back too. And they have Jamal Adams. And then you start looking at the receiving group for Detroit and not that it's anything crazy flashy by any means, but at the same time, I mean, I would 100% take the, the Lions receiving core over the bears receiving core right now. I mean, they have Moss, uh, Mon Ross St. Brown, the better St. Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, you know, his uh, EQ St. Brown's younger brother. And then you have obviously uh, Josh Reynolds as well. And then they went out and they also signed DJ Chark to a one-year $10 million deal. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of, you know, again, obviously some injury concerns there, but if it was me, I'd rather pay the extra $4 million and got DJ Chark. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where it's at. Like Chark is at least younger. That's the thing is Pringle's going to be 29 in the middle of the season. DJ Chark's 25 years old. So Again, that's kind of where you start looking. And again, it's still really early, but this is all we have to go off of as of right now. And as of right now, you're looking at a defense that has multiple holes that's making a transition. You have an offense that has a young quarterback going into year two. And as of right now, honestly, like objectively looking at it from you know last year to this year, they have done very, very, very little to absolutely nothing to improve what their offense is going to look like, at least in terms of personnel. And obviously, again, coaching has a lot to do with it. We have to hope that Luke Getz, he's going to be the, you know, going to be the guy and hopefully he's going to stick around more than a year. And again, it's an incomplete puzzle. But as of right now, the way things look, they don't look good. And again, you know, we, we could do a podcast next week. And by that point, they could have signed Teron Armstead. They could have signed JC Treader. They, you know, they could absolutely go out and sign another receiver with Marquez Valdez-Scantling or, Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe somebody we're not even thinking of. I don't know. But, you know, that's kind of the issue is we are in day four free agency right now. We're in, you know, and in, in, in really what this comes down to is, is there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of young options out there when you're looking at the offensive line. J.C. Treader's 30 years old. Uh, Teron Armstead's 31 years old. Eric Fisher's also in his 30s. It's like Trent Brown's 29 years old, but I don't think he's a scheme fit for the Bears. Uh, Lyle Collins was released today and he's already going to Cincinnati for a visit tomorrow. He's 28, but it doesn't look like the bears are even going to get a chance to, to take a look at him, you know? So it's, and like you said, you know, Bradley Bozeman, but it's like Bozeman, you know, for as much hype as he had going into the free agency period, um, you know, he hasn't, there hasn't been anything go on with him yet. And, you know, at least from my understanding and, and talking to somebody close, it doesn't sound like the bears are interested. I don't think it's a scheme fit and I get it because they're trying to do more zone, especially wide zone and Bozeman's not that kind of guy. And I get that, but again, like you start really looking at it and your options are dwindling. And, you know, if you, you basically replace Lucas Patrick with, with uh, James Daniels. And I think the thing with, you know, maybe Lucas Patrick has been more consistent over the last two years, whether it's center or right guard, but at the same time, James Daniels is also 24 going to be 25 years old. And Lucas Patrick is already 29 years old. So again, you're, you're kind of looking at some of these moves and you're, you're, you're kind of thinking to yourself, it's like, okay, well, you know, where are the high upside? Because let's just say a guy like Byron Pringle hits and you want to resign him next year. He's already going to be, he'll be 30 in the middle of next year. I mean, at that point in time, he's already, you know, getting close to being out of his prime. I don't know, man. Again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm not trying to be overly negative, but we only have what we have to work with right now. And we know that they only have six picks. And even if they trade down a little bit, and that's fine if they trade down, but at the same time, it's still, you know, the, the more and more you trade down, the, the less value that those picks have. And yes, you know, I, again, I'm fully, you know, fully open for trading down. I fully support that, but you can only do that so many times without diminishing the value too, even though you're picking up more picks. So it just, it's going to be a very interesting next few weeks, because I think as of right now, if, if this is the trend that we're going to see until the draft, I think the bears are going to be really bad this next year. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's exciting. Maybe the offense improves. Maybe Justin Fields takes a step up. Maybe he looks, you know, maybe there's enough around him and maybe there's enough good coaching around him to where he does take that next step. And then all of a sudden we're moving into next off season. And it's like, you know, maybe the bears will be the Jaguars except actually competent and free agency and not Trent Balky. Maybe that'll be the case, but this 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 team needs a lot of talent man they need a they need a, a talent infusion they need a lot of new names they need more upside and obviously we'll have to see what happens but so far the the moves that they've made none of them to me have been overly inspiring even like larry ogunjobi like i like the ogunjobi move because i think he's a good player 
but $13.5 million a year for a guy who's never really consistently produced, uh, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's $3.5 million more per year than any other defensive lineman has gotten so far. I and mean, we're just talking interior defensive lineman has got so far in free agency. And I think you can make an argument that a few of those guys were on a similar level and they're slightly younger than Okunjobi. So it's just, I don't know, man, we, we, we're going to see what happens, but so far it's been a confusing approach, at least in my opinion. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree and I know, you know, this, the, what we're saying will probably upset some people. And again, it's not meant to be negative, but this is just how I'm viewing the situation so far. And so far I haven't been overly impressed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, judging by my Twitter timeline, I think a lot of people are kind of in that same boat. And that's why the whole, you know, everyone's pe- preaching patience, but at the same time, you know, it just, like I said, it feels like they're just stuck on a, on the meter. Uh, before we wrap things up though, Aaron, I thought it'd be kind of fun to do this. Um, let's look at where former bears who were currently free agents, where they ended up signing this off season. And you tell me if you thought, if you think the bears should have resigned them or if, you know, no chance at all, um, that they were ever going to come back. And we'll obviously start thinking this one's an easy one. You know, Alan Robinson today, he gets 46 and a half million on a three-year deal in Los Angeles. Pretty much zero shot he was coming back, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I think, again, context matters here because, you know, you talk about, you know, you, you talk about a, a deal last year and he's probably getting $18 million a year with the bears. And obviously that wasn't the case. So, you know, if you, if you take out the context, it looks really bad because, you know, 15 and a half million dollars a year. And, you know, that kind of sucks because Robinson's still a really good player, but at the same time, the context does matter here. And the fact is, is I don't think he wanted to be in Chicago anymore. Yeah. I'm with you as well. I think that relationship was definitely burned. Um, All right. Let's do this one now. Jakeem Grant, kicker turner, punt returner, little experience as a wide receiver, acquired midseason last year, as you said, uh, six-round pick, I believe. So he goes to Cleveland. Uh, he gets a three-year deal worth up to $13.8 million. Too much for the Bears to pay, or do you think he should have been brought back? No, that's too much. No, I, I, I'm fully in support of the Bears not giving him, was that, $4.5 million a year, whatever that was. I mean, dude, he's, he's a fun player at a certain price, but he's also not somebody out because he's also 28, 29 years old. I don't think he's yeah. somebody that the, I don't think he, in a retooling, rebuilding, whatever transitional team. I don't think that you can afford to pay a guy like that four and a half million dollars a year. Uh, here's the, here's the two. I think that you're, I, I think I know what your answer is going to be here. James Daniels, uh, three-year deal with Pittsburgh, 26 and a half million dollars. Um, what do you think? You think that's a good price the Bears probably should have brought him back at, or you know, is that is that a price you you, you let him walk comfortably? I got him for under nine million dollars a year. I have a that's the one move I have a really hard time with. Yeah, twenty four going on twenty five, yep. man. Like that a young offensive that's lineman. Tough. That's a premium, man. Well, that I mean, he was set up to fail under Nagy. I mean, how many times was he moved around? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and he, like he, he was probably, I would say their most consistent interior lineman all year this year. And again, I know I said that Lucas Patrick was, you know, better in terms of overall consistency. And I do agree, but I, I think that you're looking at a guy in Lucas Patrick, who's probably capped out at what he's going to be, which is, you know, an average to slightly above average offensive lineman. And that's fine. The, the bears need that. But I think that James Daniels is still a guy. If you put him in a position and you leave him there, I think that, especially at center, I think that he can end up being that guy. And that, that was kind of one of the unfortunate 
moves where, you know, a lot of people are talking about 10 to $12 million a year for him and he comes in under nine. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think, you know, like I said, young offensive linemen, you have a need there. Everything that Ryan Poles was kind of, you know, describing as what he wants, um, you know, in, in terms of lighter, quicker outside run zone scheme, I thought he kind of fit that mold. Maybe he didn't have that nastiness to him, but yeah. Um, final one here, unless I'm missing anyone big, um, Blau Nichols, he ends up with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I don't have the numbers on it. Um, I don't know. If the, yeah, I don't have the numbers on it off the top of my head. Two-year, $11 million. Two-year, $11 million. Yeah, yep, $9 million dollars guaranteed. Yep. What, what do you think there? You know, I, 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 see, I, I see why they wouldn't make that move, right? I, I think if you're flush in cap and you're looking to compete, I think he's somebody that you absolutely can bring back as a rotational guy. But again, man, you just signed Larry Ogunjobi to a three-year, $40.5 million deal. And on top of that, you've already got a guy and, you know, you, you've already got a few guys. I mean, obviously, Kyrus Tonga was taken in the in the sixth round last year. At worst, he's depth for you. And then you have Angelo Blackson, who actually, surprisingly, you know, he had a very solid year. And I think he's going to end up being their primary nose tackle that can also rush the pass. And then, again, you have Mario Edwards Jr. as well. I think, really, in terms of their overall depth, I, I think, you know, Al-Qadim Muhammad makes a ton of sense at defensive end for them as well to kind of round out that depth. And obviously, you'd like to have Khalil Mack, but I don't think they're, at least on the surface without any injuries happen, happening, I don't think that their front seven, uh, especially their defensive front, is really going to suffer all that much. So I understand not paying Bilal Nichols $5.5 million a year, and especially, I mean, that's basically a full guaranteed deal. I mean, nine out of the $11 million Guaranteed. Again, I like Nichols, but I also think, you know, if you'd asked me this last year going into last offseason, I thought they should have paid him. I thought he was like, a, you know, a seven, eight million dollar year player. But the reality of it is, man, I mean, he was really disappointing this last year and he really lacked consistency more than he was consistent. And I think that that's kind of a big thing when you're looking at trying to build a team. Yes, he's young, but at the same time, I just don't know. I don't know that he's the kind of guy that you want to sink more money into. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I'm still 50-50 on it. I could see the case for both, to be honest. Um, but again, you know, doesn't really fit in with what the Bears want to do with their new defense. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not totally mad at that. Um, yeah, I guess one more thing before we kind of wrap things up. Why don't we give uh, why don't you give a name? Who's at the top of your list right now of available free agents? If you could pick one that signs with the Bears, whether it's a big contract or not, who who would make you feel a little more better about how this process has gone? Well, you know, this is kind of contradictory because I'm really usually against um, signing guys over the age of 30, especially ones with injury history. But for me, man, it's Teron Armstead. He's going to be expensive. I get that. I mean, he's he's going to get over $20 million a year. But at the same time, you know, and correct me if or more the point, you know, tell me if you disagree with this, but I don't know that the Bears feel like they have, you know, even with Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borm, I'm not sure that they feel like they have one starting tackle on their on their roster right now. And obviously, if you if you give a give a shot to one of those two guys, it has to be Jenkins at this point. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like tackle is huge. And again, I know you probably have to give them, you know, probably I'd say probably a four or five year deal. And I'm sure probably three of those years are going to be guaranteed. And you have to hope that he can actually play a full season, which is not something he's actually ever done. But if, if and when he's healthy, when he's out on the field, he is an elite left tackle. He's one of the top five left tackles in the game. I think that's something that the Bears absolutely need. And as we've seen with a team like the Rams, when they're rebuilding their offensive line, I mean, their key cog on their offensive line was Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth was pretty dang old when he came over from the Bengals. So I think that 
if you can find a way to get him, and obviously I think a lot of that's going to depend on Deshaun Watson and what happens with New Orleans, because I think if, if Watson goes to New Orleans, I think Armstead goes there. Uh, if not, I think the Bears actually have a chance. So we'll see. But I, I think that he's probably the one guy where you're like, okay, then you kind of start to see the line come together. I think you can, you know, come together a little bit. I think you can almost guarantee at least with health that the offensive line is going to be better because you have two improvements there and you can make another improvement in the draft. Um, but you know, that would probably be the one move that would, you know, make me feel a little bit better moving forward. How about you? Yeah. Um, man, I would like an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle. Um, but for the sake of just being different, I would feel a lot better, um, going with someone like Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I, I think just getting Justin Fields weapons is probably the, the most important thing right now. Um, I just, I feel more comfortable because I I think, you know, you look at it right now, as we sit there, the bears have no true number one wide receiver. They have Darnell Mooney is a really, really good number two wide receiver. And they probably have Byron Pringle, who's probably a three slot. Um, and then wherever St. Brown kind of fits in. And then you have Daz Newsome as well. You can't really feel confident about any of that. I just, I would be, I'd feel comfortable with Juju Smith-Schuster and I'll give a bonus one too. I just, I, if there was another player outside of him, it would be um, JC Treader out of Cleveland, the center. I think you can sure up that line right there. You know, you, you get an, an offensive lineman in the interior that's really good and you move Patrick to guard, you move, um, you know, keep white hair at, at the other guard spot and you kind of figure it out with the, with the offensive tackles. But I also... I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think Ryan Poles is, is married to anyone on this roster. I don't think, you know, anyone's really safe outside of Justin Fields and Roquan Smith. And I would also throw in, you know, Darnell Mooney is right there too because of how highly they speak of him. But yeah, I just, you know, I don't know, man. We could be looking at a situation, someone that we know kind of brought this up, you know, it could be, you know, next offseason, the Bears are kind of maybe taking calls on someone like Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borum. And that might sound crazy because, you know, Jenkins was a second round pick. And I, and I thought Borum, you know, had his moments last season. But again, I mean, I, you know, it's a new regime and, and Ryan Poles is, is show he's not afraid to trade anyone or move anyone. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I'd be comfortable. I'd, I'd go Juju 1A and then maybe, you know, uh, JC Treader as 1B. I think that would really make me feel a little better going into the draft because, you know, I, I think with those two second round picks, they're definitely going to go wide receiver. One of them, I think they'll go either DB or offensive line with the other one. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, I know a lot of people right now are saying, well, they need to go receiver with both their first, you know, their, their second round picks. And I just don't, I don't know that. that I'll say, not, sorry, not to cut you off. Yeah. I'll say there is a situation. It's, it's very, it's likely not going to happen though. But I mean, I think if you sit there and you see someone like Christian Watson on North Dakota state sitting there and then you come back around and maybe you see like George Pickens and you fall in love with both of them. I could see it. I, I, I'm with you though. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, yeah. I, I think it's a very, very, very slim chance. Yeah. And that's just usually not something you see that's overly common. And again, man, they have so many holes on this roster. I mean, let, let's just say hypothetically speaking, you're sitting there at 39 and you've got, you, you've got Watson and Pickens at receiver, but then you've also got either uh Linderbaum and um, you know, or even somebody like uh, Zion, you know, it's like, at that point, I mean, you've got two legit interior linemen and you've also got two legit receivers, but you also know that you're picking again in nine picks. So then I think at that point you can say, okay, let's go ahead and go with the interior offensive line and let's get that one out of the way. And then we'll come back around at 48 and hope one of these guys falls to us, you know, and that's kind of the thing like receiver is so deep where I think even if they want to double dip, I think you could see one in the second. I think you could see one in the third, but I don't think you're going to see, you know, back to back, you know, nine picks apart, both of those guys receivers. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, you know, I again, I've been, I've, I've been wrong a lot so far this off season. It, it's going to happen again. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, linebacker corner, uh, they, there, there's a lot of area. I mean, really again, man, throw, throw, you know, get a dart and throw it at the dartboard. And that'll, that'll tell you what your need is right there. I mean, that's, that's where the bears roster is at right now. Yeah. And, you know, like you were kind of saying with that situation, I mean, you look at it, you could go if you want Christian Watson or, or George Pickens with one of those second round picks. And then maybe, you know, 
barring what they do with the O-line, let's say they bring in J.C. Treader or a solid center. Okay, you go defensive back, and, you know, if David Bell's sitting there in the third round, I, I could actually see them going wide receiver second and third round more than I could see them going double wide receiver the second. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's that's exactly right. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be some really fun. I mean, once we get out of this, this you know, this first initial real big drag of free agency, and you know, the majority of the names have dried up because again, man, there's still some really good names on this. Akeem Hicks hasn't signed anywhere. I mean, just yeah. to kind of give you an idea, Eddie Goldman hasn't signed anywhere. I mean, you look at some of the edge rushers that are still left out there. There's some good names there. I mean, you look again, offensive tackle. There is some starting quality, at least average to above average to elite, depending on what you're looking at. Um, you got some, you know, some offensive linemen there as well, running back. I mean, they're, they're still, again, like it's one of those, we're entering the second phase um, where you're seeing, you know, these, these lower level guys that are looking for bigger roles, but you're also still seeing, you know, like you said, Juju Smith-Schuster still out there, uh, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones. I don't get Julio Jones hype. I think if anybody watched him last year in Tennessee, um, I, I think they would probably feel differently about, you know, you know, if you're a fan of whatever team wanting him on your team, I, I just, I don't know. I don't really see it there, but again, man, there's a lot of good talent still there. Lionel Collins right now is still out there. So once we get past that wave, I think that's where things are going to become more clear in terms of what they need. And then it's going to be kind of one of those. I mean, either way, this roster is going to be incomplete moving into the season. And we know that. Um, but again, I think you still have to hope that they make a lot more moves and you're still feeling at least better that there's some upside going on and there's a direction moving, not just basically kind of coasting through 2022 to get into a big 2023 where you can yeah, and you know, I, it's just it's going to be interesting to see what they do the rest of the way. And, and we've said it here; it, it, we're going to find out if they're going to add pieces or not here. Um, by by the time we do our next podcast. But Aaron, thanks for joining me again, man. Um, where can we follow you on Twitter at Where can we read your work? Yep, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And as always, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can read our work on thebearreport.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It really helps this podcast and Picks for Polls, which is going to pick up again here for the NFL draft. Till next time, everyone, please stay safe, and we'll see you next week for hopefully some more free agent talk. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously, they squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.